Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Today is a big day and we are excited. Well, we're going to start a new series today called At His Feet. And if you have your Bibles, please turn and stand with me. We're going to read from Luke chapter 10. Starting in verse 38 this morning here. So this is Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. And I'm going to be, be reading from the, from the ESV this morning. The Word of God says this. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. Let me pray this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for these two sisters. Father, today as we look to your word, Father, by your Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you minister to us? Will you encourage us? Will you challenge us today? Lord, we praise you. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated here. So when my wife and I moved back up here in summer of 2019, I had never seen or felt what I call the UP summer rush. And uh, the UP, as you guys all know, UP is a, I mean, this is a special time of year, right? It's summertime, it's August now. Um, Superior Swimmable, uh, all the hiking trails. The UP summer is a very special time. And for many people, they would argue, our UP summers are a very small window, right? Some people argue June, July, and August. I personally think it's May through September, but that's a little bit debatable there. Uh, If you are a snowbird, you might be wanting to get out of here September 1st, which I do not blame you. But I feel like for the first time since moving up here, I had always heard and seen about the UP summer rush. And what I mean by that is that when summertime comes to the UP, people feel like we have to get everything done in this window. So if you have a house, if you have projects, you think, okay, it's summer. I have to get these projects done. And I've got a small, limited window. And when I first moved, moved back up here, I, w- I, would, I, would, I, would, I would hear people talk about this, like, oh, yeah, we've got a, a small window. And honestly, church family, this is like the first time I've ever felt this. Like, last summer, I don't know what happened last summer, but I'm blaming this summer. If you remember May 1st, what happened to us May 1st, church? Two feet of snow, Two feet of snow right? And, and I, I kind of feel like that kind of changed our summer this year because we had like two feet of snow. Then we had five weeks of like 80s and dry. 
It, like, it was, it was a really, really weird, weird start. But I bring this up because when it comes to our summertime, we have these lists. We have these things that we want to get done, but we also have things that we want to be doing. We want to be camping. We want to be traveling. We want to be exploring and doing all of these UP activities. But with it, there's a cost to it. We don't have enough time. And we, and we oftentimes just feel cramped in on this here. Am I the only one who, who like feels this way? Or is this common? No? Is, is there anybody out there sitting there thinking, Pastor, I have no idea what you are talking about. I can't wait for the snow to fall. <laughs> okay, okay, we got a couple of you guys here. Well, I bring that up is because when we look at this story of Mary and Martha, uh, now I've never preached on this account before, but if you've ever grown up in church, who here, has, who here knows this story? Probably heard it. Okay, now I'm going to pick on women here. Um, and when I say pick on women, I don't mean like degrade women. I just mean like I'm just going to try to identify here with you. If you are a woman and if you grew up in church, have you ever identified as either a Mary or a Martha before? Okay, I feel, like, I feel like this is like a culture, a church-cultured thing. If you are not growing up in church, this culture is like foreign to you, and you're like, who's Mary and who's Martha? We're going to be getting to that. But if you grew up in church, you tend to identify as one of these ladies. And um, I'm going to kind of start off by talking about the Marthas. This is the list that I came up with. Martha is a worker bee. Martha is the one who can get things done in life. She probably has a type A personality. Uh, Marthas have their lists, and they get after their lists. Um, maybe, these aren't my words, I found these on the, on the uh, internet. Um, not here, not from my own perspective. Uh, Marthas might be a little bit wound tight at times, sometimes, maybe. Um, like what I said, I found this online. Um, others have, have just said this. And then you have Marys. Marys tend to be the free-spirited people. This is how we've always identified Marys and Marthas in the, the, uh, the church here. The Marys are not often on top of things in life. Um, they're probably more free-spirited. They're probably a type B personality. They're probably late to church, if we're really honest. And they're probably second service people. So just saying, you guys, if, if, if you're here... You're probably a Martha, okay? I'm just, I don't, I'm, tr I'm trying not to be labeling us too much. But I've heard this in the past that people have used this as an excuse. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, let's say you're in a social situation at church, and every church event people, you will have people that are like, the church event ends, and they're instantly on the cleanup side. Right? They're going to be like, I'm going right to the kitchen. We're going to get these dishes done. And then you have somebody who's socializing, right? The person who's socializing, which I've, I've, I've not seen this first, firsthand, but I can see them saying, well, I'm here socializing. I'm just a Mary, right? And when the Marthas hear this in the church, they get boiled, right? They're just like, why aren't you cleaning? Why aren't you helping out? Why are you over there socializing? And we have kind of used this as excuses throughout the years, and this is kind of like one of those funny church cultural things here. Well, let's actually look at this 
account here this morning, and let's be, be uh, looking at who Mary and Martha is here. I love how it starts off. Uh, we get the setting in verse 38. We don't have many verses this morning here. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. We get this very vague opening that they're just into a village, but we get this about Martha here. Now, this is something I think sometimes just gets overlooked when it comes to Martha's, is that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. I feel like, I feel like oftentimes Martha's just get dogged on here, but think about this. They entered this village, and it says Martha welcomed Jesus. It was Martha who opened up her home and welcomed Jesus into her home. But then we start to get into a little bit of Martha's character here. Look at verse 40. It says, But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. The Bible says here that she was distracted with much serving. Culturally at this time, you guys probably already know this, but culturally at this time, it was very much expected of the women to be serving. You, you probably could like, understand that, but Martha was simply doing what Martha was expected to be doing. When you have guests into your home, and this is still true, if you've ever been into any Middle Eastern's home, um, I had a chance back in college, I was meeting with these guys from Saudi Arabia. The women, you don't see them. And I mean physically, you do not see them. But the food, the preparations, it was all taken care of. And for Martha, culturally, she was doing exactly what would have been expected of her. The women take care of the home, the children, the food. They are serving in the background the entire time. But Scripture says here that she was distracted with much serving. Now, we don't really know what that exactly means. Maybe, maybe Martha was going above and beyond. Maybe Martha was just doing too much at this time. We don't fully know. But what we do understand is that Martha was not happy. Why was she not happy? Because Mary was not serving. Now, I don't know if this played out this way, but um, I have a feeling that Martha is the firstborn child of the family, and Mary is the lastborn child. Now, I, I could be wrong here, but if you've ever studied firstborns, lastborns, um, I could see Martha looking at Mary thinking, this is typical Mary. I've always been serving. I've always been doing the dishes. And here's Mary, our little social butterfly, out there sitting at the feet of Jesus while I'm out here busting and getting things done here. Maybe she was mumbling underneath her mouth, walking away. She's always been like this, that Mary. She, she, she. I've had so many dishes. I've done, I've done 10 dishes to her one dish. Maybe Martha has been keeping track. Maybe she has a, a list, like a record in her room of like how many dishes she's done, how many dishes Mary hasn't done. And I bring up that whole firstborn, secondborn, because I married a firstborn, and my wife, she will be here, and she knows this. I, she's a Martha, okay? And what I mean by that is that my wife gets things done. She has her list. She gets her list done. And I'm a lastborn. 
Okay, so I know that I'm, I'm male, so, but I can try to identify myself into the story here. I'm a Mary, right? Like, I'm like, I don't even think about the list. I'm just like, let's just hang out. Let's just talk. Let's just, that's kind of the world that we live in here. But it says here that she was distracted with her serving duties. And look at verse 41. Jesus says these words to Martha. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. I always think of Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Martha, Martha, but it's not Marsha, it's Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. If you were Martha, this would be a serious blow to your life, hearing these words. These, this is not like an easy pill to be swallowing here. Martha is, is honestly doing culturally what is expected of her. This isn't like she was doing something abnormal here, and then Jesus says these words here to her. But here is Martha. In her mind, she's taking care of business. She's getting things done. She's providing. She's serving. She's making sure everyone has got food, that everyone's happy. And Jesus says these words, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I think about these words, and I think there is a correlation here. She's serving, yeah, she's doing it. She's doing it well. But Jesus said, Martha, you're distracted with much serving. Almost kind of like, Martha, the lists that you have, the things that you think have to get done, they're a distraction to you. And actually, that has actually caused something else to be in your life. Anxiety, and you're troubled about many things. See, I believe that the distractions in our lives can actually lead to anxiety and troublesomeness, where we actually become troubled by the things in this life. And here Martha is. We can't forget what the circumstances are. Jesus is in her house. Think about this. Here she is. She wants to make sure everything's getting done. And then who's there? The Messiah. The Savior of the world. The King of kings. The one who actually created her. God becoming flesh has now stepped into Martha's home. And what's, and what's Martha doing? Jesus says, you're distracted. And then actually, you're anxious. And you're troublesome. Martha, you're missing it. That's the whole thing on what is going on here is that Martha is so focused on her lists, so focused on the things that have to get done, she missed the very fact that the Savior is in her house. And then look at Mary. What's Mary doing? Look at verse 39. It says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to his teaching. Now, this was culturally the opposite at the time. Women at this time did not listen to the rabbi's teachings. Women at this time were not involved in this aspect of society. Women had little educational opportunities. Brothers would be teaching sisters things they learned from school. Fathers would be passing on bits of religious teachings within their homes. Women were not sitting 
at the feet of a rabbi, culturally at this time. But here's Mary, the great teacher. The Messiah has entered her house as well. And Mary just had this hunger to listen to the teachings of Jesus. She, she literally broke through all of the cultural norms. And she just, she just wanted to sit at his feet. She just wanted to listen. And it says that she, she wanted to listen to his teachings. What I love about this is that in that moment, Mary isn't all stressed out. Mary is not all worked up. Mary's just sitting there at the feet of her Savior, listening to his teachings, soaking in who Jesus is and what Jesus is saying in that moment. I share this with us today, church, and I brought up the summer rush that we all live in. And what I'm seeing and feeling within my life and within from what I've seen of people around us is that when summertime hits, it's very easy to get anxious about your list. You all have things to get done. I was just over at one couple's house here, and their house is gutted right now, and I'm sitting there thinking, brought me stress. I was like, it's like you got a lot of work to do before wintertime comes. I didn't say that to them, but they just heard it now. So, <laughs> And what I see, guys, is that when we have our lists, and there's, guys, there's nothing wrong with having a list, okay? We have to ha- get things done in this life. You have to. You can't be just, you know, waking up and, well, I'm not going to be doing anything. I'm just going to be a Mary today. And I'm just, you know, like, we can't be using this as any sort of excuse here. But the problem with, with Martha is that she's just distracted by her list. She's getting worked up about her list. She's got her her list, her duties, and Jesus is saying, listen, you're distracted by your serving. You're anxious. You're troubled some. I don't believe we're called to live that way, church. I don't. And I, and, and I do think that there is some sort of balance that has to be going on there, but I think of, of Jesus' words in Matthew 11. These are some of his most famous words. Jesus says this. He says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Why do we get so worked up, church? Why do we get so anxious about the lists that have to get done? We get so worried, and we just, and then when something else gets added to it, it causes more stress, more anxiety. Like I said, there will always be things to get done. Always. Always. I mean, literally, you're going to wake up tomorrow, and you're going to have more things to do. Maybe you could be like me. I'm driving home on Wednesday this week, and I'm like, 300 yards from my driveway. And all of a sudden, I hear that, the thud, the thud, the thud, the thud, the thud, you know, when your tire's completely flat. And then you're like, add this to the list. Add this to like, well, I got I to gotta figure this out now. And I got to, well, now we got to figure out this tire. This thing's not, is not patchable. But 
Guys, in life, we're always going to be having lists. We're always going to be having things to be getting done. But don't forget, as a believer in Jesus, he's at your house. He, he doesn't want you to live completely stressed out and anxious about the things of this world. I believe he doesn't. Yes, there will be seasons where things can become overwhelming. you got some big projects. you got all of this stuff going on. But I, I want us to remember this morning that Jesus has called us to come and sit at his feet. Come to me who want rest. All you who are weary and troubled, come to me. The call of believers, the call of the church, is for you and I to come and to sit at his feet. To come and be found in Christ. Now, Jesus isn't just like our magic genie. Like, like, like I don't want us to, to ever treat him like that. He's the king. He is the Lord of lords. He is the God of heaven and earth. But he also knows and he also recognizes that within mankind, that this world, that this life that we live can become so burdensome, so overwhelming, and Jesus is constantly inviting us Come to me. Look at Mary. All she's doing is sitting at his feet, listening. That's the call upon us, church. And I know some of you, some of you might be like making a list right now of things like, oh, pastor talked about lists. I got five more things to add to my list. I'm going to tell you this. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Come and read his word. Come spend time in worship. Not just on Sunday morning, but church family, there's a reason on why this is a daily activity. We need bread daily from our Lord. The calling is for us to come and sit at his feet and just abide in him every single day. And even in the midst of our summer rush, and you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'd, I'd love to do that, but I got this going on. Okay, well, keep on living anxious. Keep on living troublesome. Keep on living distracted. Because the most important thing on this side of heaven is our time with Christ. And I'm preaching this to you because I felt the summer rush for the first time. The last two months, I've been, I'm looking at a wood pile. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at what has to get built. I'm, look, I'm thinking, oh, winter's coming, this and that. And it's like, why am I living like this? Jesus calls us to come and just sit with him, to abide with him. Sit at his feet, listen to his teachings, spend time, read his teachings, dwell on him. And there's this beautiful exchange that takes place, is that we end up taking on his yoke. We end up taking off our burden, all of our stress. We say, Jesus, I, I want to just be with you. I want to close today by reading Proverbs. I read this this week, and I thought this is so fitting. Uh, if you've never read Proverbs, Proverbs is written by, by Solomon. Solomon's dad was, was King David. Arguably, very difficult shoes to be filling if you are Solomon, if you are stepping into your dad's shoes. King David was the greatest king within Israel. And he writes the book of Proverbs, and I want to read Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 9 to you, because I thought this is so fitting. 
He says this. He says, Hear, O sons, a father's instructions. instruction. Be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with, with my father, tender, the only one in sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, and do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you in, if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland, and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. When Solomon wrote this, he was reflecting back upon his time with his father. Hear, O sons, a father's instructions. Be attentive to him. I want to challenge us this week, church. Come to Christ. Come and be attentive to his instructions. Be attentive to his word. Come and sit at his feet this week and listen to what the Lord has. We are so blessed, church family, that we have his word. I mean, physically, we have his word complete in our hands. And it's sad, but too often, that word just sits on people's shelves. Doesn't even get cracked open. Doesn't even be getting looked at. Maybe you have, have been one of those people that have been away from the word of God for a while, away from the teachings of Jesus. I would challenge you this week, open the Gospels. Open Gospel of Matthew, Mark, or Luke, and just listen to the teachings of Jesus. Come and sit at his feet. Dwell on his word. I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask the, the worship team, I asked them to uh, play a song for them. I'm going to ask for them to be coming up, and I'm going to ask for you to be standing this morning as I pray for us. I want to pray that we as God's people would be men and women that exchange our burdens for his. That we would actually be committed to coming to the feet of our Lord. Laying aside our burdens, our stress, our troubles. That we don't have to walk how Martha walked. But that we, would, but that we can actually come and sit at his feet. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. Father, help us, help your people not to be so anxious about this life. Father, you have all things in perfect control. Father, help us not to get so caught up in, in this summer rush with all the things that we feel like we have to get done. Father, bring peace, bring rest to your church, to your people. Father, help us Help us just to, to realize how bad we need you every day. Lord Jesus, you are our Savior. You love us. You forgive us. But you want us to, to come back to you every day. 
Father, as we sing this last song, Lord, do a work in our hearts. Remind us this week to come to you. I pray this now in Christ's name. Amen.